0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit MPBOnline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. A contractor, ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself? Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Uh-huh.
1: Okie Folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Felder Rushing, and for the next hour, we're just going to be talking about gardening. Uh, gardening, anything related to gardening. Some people say, well, uh, this is an insect. Pro-. Well, insects are part of gardening. Uh, potted plants, outdoor plants, lawn care, weed control, uh, trees dying, tree planting, rose pruning, um, anything, planting potatoes, anything related to you and plants, you and plant I'm talking about home gardening, not commercial horticulture. We're gonna talk about it. We've got lots and lots and lots of ground to cover. So it's your chance to really just yak with uh with somebody who's a uh, I used to be a horticult once a horticulturist, always a horticulturist, I guess. But I'm trying my best just to be a gardener now, just to relax about the rules. So give us a call, won't you? We say, "Good morning, Java. How are you today?"
2: Man, I'm doing fine, fellas. <laughs> Man, I just jumped
1: right into it, didn't I? I mean, hey, when it's time to go, it's time to go. <laughs> well, I got you know, I got this my pineal gland is about the size of a grain of rice. You know about this thing? I know about the pineal gland. You know, in. it's little, but when we start seeing you know red birds out there and daffodils coming up and a couple of azaleas popping. It stimulates the pineal gland, starts swelling up, and it starts pumping this hormone that gives us what's called spring fever. It's an actual <laughs> physiological response to longer days, warmy days, flowers, fragrances, and uh, so spring fever is better than coffee
2: f- for, for getting
1: the juices going. Okay. Anyway, good morning.
2: Well, yeah, good morning, man. It's a it's a. It's, a, it's Well, the temperature is springish, but the sun
1: is nowhere to be found right no, now. No, it's not. Well, you know, which is fine because it means we don't have to, you know, worry about wearing a hat and all that. But anyway, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, but it's mostly about talking to people about what's going on in their garden. We're going to start out up in Lafayette County, up in Oxford. Good morning, Anna. How are you? I
3: am just fine, and it is warm here. Yes. I'm jogging, and I. Started stripping off. <laughs> uh,
1: whoa. Well, that's well. It's, it's okay, it's awkward. You can't do that at Starkville, but I ain't, you know, ain't going there.
3: Well, I just wanted to give um, you and your audience a heads up. The Master Gardeners are at it again, and we're doing the lecture series. Um, and the first one is on March the seventh mm-hmm. at noon at our library. Yeah, and it's going to be about landscape sustainability. Presented by Dr. Chris Cooper. Yeah, good. Yes. You may be familiar with him, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, and um, so I'd like everybody to think about it, put it on your calendars. I will probably call you again to remind.
1: Okay, to see, yeah, send me an email about it too, because you know this is this is when I start uh, coming up with the list and I start ticking stuff off. And you know, so okay. be sure to send me send me a note about you know the the whole series. That'd, that'd be good. All right. Um, well, listen. We're
3: trying to get everything else confirmed, but March the seventh is confirmed.
1: Sounds good. Well, keep your shirt on, lady.
3: I will. Bye. See you.
1: Bye. 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 Oh, you know, speaking of stuff, there's, there's, there's. Um, it's supposed to rain tomorrow, at least in central Mississippi. And there's a big native plant sale in Clinton, the Clinton Nature Center. So Clinton Nature is a cool little place. I'm actually giving a lecture there next month. It's a cool little place, but they put together the most astounding list of trees, shrubs, vines, perennials, plants that, are, that grow well in Mississippi because they're from here, native plant sales. So it's the Clinton Nature Center. And uh, I'm going to take my truck down there, rain or shine, and load up with a couple of stuff.
2: The so, thing I like about the Clinton Nature Center it's in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like you could, you could really kind of ride past it and, and miss it. But when you pull into that driveway
1: and kind of go into it, it is a nice, it is a nice place. It's a cool little place. Anyway, they, they're having their annual native plant sale. And there's other plant sales going on all over the place. I think there's one down at Crosby Arboretum today. I'm not sure, but uh, Crosby Arboretum down in Picayune is a, uh, it's probably our, uh, our native plant gym. It's, it's not a botanic garden. It's more of an arboretum. But, uh, anyway, it, it was walking trails. And if you go to Crosby Arboretum on, just Google it. And go to their website. They've got an astounding series of educational events and things for kids and, 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 and all that. But anyway, if anybody knows of something that's going on that I can help promote, give us a call about. It. We'll mention that I'm going to be at Hutto's Garden Center next Saturday. Uh, it's something I do every year. I don't get paid for. Well, they they let me load up my truck with bark and mulch and compost. So you can say I, I work for dirt. But anyway, s- s- Saturday, February the uh, when is it the seventeenth? I'm going to be doing a, a program on. Home fruit, fruit plants that do well, yard plants that look good, that grow well, that also make stuff that you can eat. That's going to be on the 17th, uh, Saturday morning. Always a big turnout, real, real laid back, real informal, is free. And then last thing I've got is on the 29th of this month, Leap Day. I'm going to be down at the Kiln, the library in Kiln, Mississippi, K I L N, call the Kiln. So, uh, that's going to be on Thursday, the uh, February the 29th. So anyway, if you got some stuff I can help promote, give us a call. Or if you just want to yak about what's going on in your garden, we got the lines wide open, wide open. I know folks are, are thinking, eh, should I prune my roses right now? What am I going to do with all these weeds in the lawn? Uh, sh- is this plant going to come back? You know, there's a lot of questions about gardening. And uh, I bet that I experienced most of them in my own garden. So I got plenty of stuff I can share with you about what I would do, what I would get my mother to do if she were still around, what I get my son and my daughter to do. Here's how I would do it without a bunch of bells and whistles. So uh, anyway, this uh, I I actually got at garden this week, Java, and a neighbor walked by and saw me.
2: And well, I know that was a, 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 a treat because they were like, I don't know, is he here? Is I, he not here?
1: <laughs> yeah, I told him. I said, please don't tell anybody he saw me. I mean, my fingernails were nasty. My, you know, my, my, I, I got a pair of jeans that are so nasty, Java, I don't even wash them. I just take them off. And I'm going out in the garden. I put those back on. <laughs> and I got a pair of gardening shoes that are good and sturdy, but they've been torn up so long that I have duct tape around them to keep the bottom on it. I mean, so... Well, let me... uh, It's funny you said that. (laughs) I was... I saw, like, Mr. T.
2: There's some Instagram post, or social media post, where he talked about his shoes
1: and with the tape on them, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I don't know if it's a joke or if it's a cliche or not, but duct tape works. I mean, these are really good. They were expensive when I got them years and years ago, and they've lasted a long, and they're good for digging, and, you know, they're just sturdy shoes, not pretty shoes, but the bottom's sort of flapping. So I put duct tape around it, and I'm thinking, sometimes I forget what I'm doing. I run to the store, and I got muddy knees and duct tape on my shoes and this scraggly long hair. Well, as long as it works for you, that's all it, it, it that, does. that's all that matters. It does. Uh, some of the things I planted this week, and, and, and I've, I've got a lot of stuff out there still. My kale, my colorful kales, the purple kale, the, the, uh, the lacinata, the blue kale, they're looking so good. And the violas and pansies, uh, my parsley is looking really, And I grow these as ornamental plants that I can eat. But this past week, I, I worked up a little small row in a small raised bed I've got. It's really real easy because raised beds are easy to dig. Uh, and I planted some onion sets. I went to the garden center, and I bought these a sack of these little small onions. They're about the size of a marble, I guess. And I just put them out there, spread them out, got them the space I want, pushed them about two-thirds of the way in with the top sticking out. And um, and so I got me some onions planted. Uh, I've already got some English peas, not the edible kind, but the kind that you actually you know open up and eat. They're so sweet and all. But I got some of those. Pre-sprouting, I put the peas, uh, uh, the, the seeds, uh, roll them up in a, in a damp piece of paper towel and put it in a, a, a big plastic bag. And uh, within two or three days, they, they sprouted. You know, they just, you know, they, they got little tiny roots coming out. And so then I just go out and I just poke them in little holes I put so I don't have to worry about which one's going to come up, which ones aren't. I pre-sprout them. It takes two or three days, but it sure is easy. Uh, and then the last thing is um, I've got some taters. Java, every year I t- I, I, I'm always talking about this chitten Me Tater's. You brought that in this brought, morning, and nobody knew what it was. And I was like, that, "That's some kind of rotten something." It looks, it looks, yeah, it looks bad. But what I did was, I just cut a, 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 a Irish potato up into pieces and let them heal over. Let's just let them dry. It looks really scuzzy, looks terrible, all scuzzy, but it's hard. And you just cut them, you let them heal over. to get kind of gray and and looking. But then these little eyes start sprouting out. You can already see the little roots coming out. They're you know not much bigger than my fingernail. Them, but I pre-sprouted the potatoes. So I can go out and put them in the ground. That's what I'm going to do. I've got some dirt worked up. I'm going to put them in the ground a little bit, you know, not too deep. And I'm going to barely cover them up. And then when they do sprout... Uh, as the plants sprout, I'm going to pile a little dirt at first and then leaves and mulch on top so that the plant's growing up through leaves or through something else. And every time the leaves poke through the top, I pile some more stuff on it till I got about a foot or, or so of stuff on top of the original piece because the potatoes will grow on the stems of the plant growing in the mulch. So pre-sprout them, plant them. And when they start growing, I cover them up. And when they show a little green, I cover them up. I repeat that for a foot. And I'm going to have a nice little thing, uh, uh, Irish pot peas and taters <laughs> and onions. <laughs> now, see, there's a song. Oh, if
2: I would have known, I, you was I, 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 I could have pulled it out. I could have pulled a,
1: it's it a, out. It's a really bad one. It's a really, Jesus. I forget what it is, taters and peas, potatoes and the peas. But also – uh uh, they've got going to plant some lettuces and things like that. This is People are waiting till spring, Java. They say, oh, I saw a flower. It reminds you spring's almost." Spring. No, forget spring. How about right now? Well, for right now, you can have a pot full of stuff on your patio or your porch with lettuce and kale and uh, daffodils. You can have a good garden in February, and let spring take care of itself. Uh, I'm getting philosophical here, aren't I? Maybe break time. Okay. Well, I will say this: Wordsworth wrote a uh, not one Wordsworth. Who was it? Uh, Summy Hammerick I can't remember the guy's name. Something Hemick him, or Hemory. Anyway, he wrote a song. Uh, he wrote a, a poem, and among it, it says, "Gather ye rosebuds while ye may." Old the old time is a flying. Those flowers that are blooming today, tomorrow will be a dying. So enjoy. It's not hedonistic to enjoy your garden even in February. If you're not enjoying it in February, there's something wrong. And uh, we can look around and find stuff that is doing well in February in your town, in your neck of the woods, and then plant that later this year. So this time next year, you ain't got time to worry about springtime. We're going to enjoy every month that comes along. Slide over to Shaco, Mississippi. Ron, how you doing this morning?
4: Pretty good, Tyler. How
1: are you doing? So far, so good. Excited.
4: All okay. right. What's up? Good. Ah, uh, I was wondering about sweet potatoes.
1: Can you do them like you do regular potatoes? Well, they're a little bit different. Regular potatoes, you know, of course they grow. They grow for the a tuber, just like sweet potatoes. But regular potatoes, when you plant them, the plant grows up, and you have to pile stuff up on the stem because potatoes will only grow in the dark. Sweet potatoes, you just plant them, you know, in some Pretty good dirt. It doesn't have to be really good. Not a lot of fertilizer because it makes its own. Um, and just plant them where they can run and spread and fill up in there because this is a pretty vigorous vine. And uh, and it takes about, oh, uh, about four months, I guess, for sweet potatoes to make. And so we wait till it gets really warm to plant those. And you just – what you could do – you can start your own by taking a sweet potato and just put it uh, in uh, 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 a pot with maybe some potting soil or sandy soil or something in the water and water it. And when they sprout out, you can take those sprouts and break them off and just stick them right in the ground and they'll root themselves. So you, you it's more, it's a vine, is what I'm saying, and it needs warm weather.
4: Ah, thank you.
1: Have you done it before? You grown sweet potatoes just in general?
4: Yeah, in a garden. I I wanted to plant. Um, in like a laundry uh, hammock thing.
1: Yeah, you could you could probably do that. Yeah, that would be interesting to do, but just keep in mind that uh, sweet potatoes they take a little bit longer because they make really a lot of vine. Uh, you're going to need to water, it, you know, a little bit more often than if it was just a tomato or something. That same thing, but yeah, there wouldn't be any problem at all doing that. Okay, I appreciate it. Okay, thanks for your call, Ron. You bet. Uh, I came across a. A poem. I'm going to share it in just a little while. That uh, I think is kind of interesting. Most people won't recognize it, but I've got. Uh, uh so many things that can be done this time of year. One of the things that I'm starting to see people get concerned about are weeds in the lawn. There's one in particular. You know, we know about dandelions, you know, and they come up everywhere. If either you like them or you don't, that's what it boils down to. But if you don't like them because somebody told you weren't supposed to like them, you know, that's uh, that's propaganda. I'm going to go ahead and say that. There's nothing wrong with a few dandelions and henbit and wild violets and oxalis and clover. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. That's what we did for centuries uh, before the 1950s and 60s when they started coming out with, with chemical herbicides. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. And it became a thing where in order to – to, to sell the products, they had to come up with a with a with a villain. So they started telling, these weeds are the enemy. You've got to have a perfect lawn. If you don't have a perfect lawn, there's something wrong with you. You're a bad neighbor. And the truth is that was a marketing scheme and it worked. And now people think if you don't have a perfect lawn, there's something wrong with you. And the truth is it's not it's not as fun. And Felder, it's
2: funny that you said it because interacting with you and i guess being on this show i have come to uh, appreciate a meadow lawn cuz i was from you know television and other things like it got to be manicured and it's not you uh, what yep. is this blade of grass taller than the other blade yep. of grass <laughs> but now that i have you know come under your understanding a meadow lawn is a beautiful lawn.
1: You know at the same time I'm a turf guy. I studied turf management at Mississippi State. I studied turf management at the Scott's Lawn Institute in Ohio. I appreciate I work with golf course. I appreciate a nice little control little perfect little patch of clean, smooth in the winter- summertime it's brown and wintertime time is green a-, a lawn. But you don't have to have that. And you can actually have a little throw rug of a perfect lawn. But right now, we're seeing a lot of hen bit. Hen bit is coming up like crazy. It's sometimes six, eight inches tall right now. It's a green plant. It's got little. Tiny purple furry fly if you look at it up close, I guarantee you you'll fall in love with it because they look like little purple furry orchids, and it is one of the best wintertime pollinator plants. And get this it doesn't not fragrant, but it is a member of the mint family, and you can eat it. so it's good for pollinators. you can eat it when you're tired of looking at it, but more important, when it's time to mow your grass in late March or April. You just cut it down and it's gone. It doesn't hurt anything. So anyway, henbit and dandelions and uh, violets, they're starting to bloom now. And they're they're loaded with pollinators that ain't got nothing else out there. So anyway, just more around a patch of them.
2: Now, Felder, we got Larry Joe from Taylorsville on the line. But before we go to Larry Joe, I got to let everybody know that this episode's podcast is going to be brought to you by Vercocity Vein Center. And for more information about the Vercosity Vein Center, visit varicosityveincenter.com. We appreciate our underwriter
1: and sponsor. That's right, we do appreciate that. Hey, uh, now I've got a uh, some some other sometime than a program. I've got an answer to question that nobody's asking. But uh, let's go to Taylorsville and see what's going on with Larry Joe. Good morning, sir. Yes, I
4: have a uh, question about tree roots. Mm-hmm. I have a small. I have a small raised bed garden about, about uh 15 by 12 and and it's been invaded by these tree roots. Oh yeah. Uh, had a couple of oak trees nearby a large pine tree across the driveway. It looks like tree roots have come underneath the driveway to these uh, attracted by the uh good dirt in the uh in the garden. Yeah. So what's I be. You... I how deep would you have to trench around it and maybe pour, like a trencher, one of these chain trenchers, and then pour concrete in there with, like, two feet being enough oh, or you three? Oh, don't, you,
1: you don't have to go near that much trouble. And, uh, let, let me, a little background for other folks. Tree roots don't grow towards anything. Uh, what happens is uh one molecule, one cell at a time, they grow towards where they get air and water, and if they 're in pretty good dirt, they get a little air, get a little water that's they 'll only grow towards good conditions. And up under your driveway is really not great, but they'll make their way under there. Usually the tree roots are gonna be within the top you have seen trees blown over, the the roots are real shallow. Usually they're gonna be the top foot or so, foot and foot and a half or so of the soil because it's it's not enough air down deeper. It stays too wet. So they're gonna they're gonna stay shallow um, and they can grow anywhere where they can get air and water so you can cut a trench just uh, six inches eight inches a foot deep uh or between you and the tree and everything on y- on on your side of it is going to die and it can't come back from the tree side because it's not going to go down and up under and come back under a trench. So if you just if you make a little trench, not even that deep, maybe oh, four, five, 6 inches deep around your garden, ah. and then every couple of years go in there and and take a shovel and just cut straight down in the center of that trench, maybe a, a shovel deep. That'll cut any roots that are growing under it. So once you get a trench started, all you got to do is just go to every couple of years and just slice down in the middle of that trench, cut anything this 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 Making it up under it.
4: Well, that's, that's a good out. Uh, that's a good news. Yeah, yeah. I, that,
1: that deep. Yeah, I give you. But I, I give,
4: my question for six inches is going to be enough. I tell you what. That's uh, yeah. that's uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's no, not no, Yeah, no, no need to put any kind of bearing in it there. Yeah, but here's here's the hint. Here's the here's the feller hint. This is not horticulture. This is just gardening. I'll get you a flat bladed flat bladed file. And sharpen your shovel. Just like shaving. If you've ever shaved and halfway through you realize this razor ain't any good and you put it down, and you grab a new razor and you almost kill yourself. It's so quick. If you'll put a sharp edge on a shovel uh, with a grinder or a flat thing, I mean, it just crunch- It's actually a good feel. It makes a nice little crunchy sound when you crunch down through roots. It makes it so much easier.
4: Right. I have a little trenching shovel that uh, a narrow a narrow trenching shovel. Uh, well, yeah,
1: that, that's, what, that's good for, 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 for uh, keeping the trench clear, you know, but right. every, but at least every couple of years or so, you need to, to take a regular shovel in the center of the, that ditch, that trench, and cut straight down, you know, six, eight inches. And, and it won't take Thank you long to figure out how deep, and that's all it takes. Thank you so very much. That's good news. Okay, appreciate it, man. Thanks for calling, Larry. Bye-bye. Larry Joe from... Taylorsville. Let's light up to Oxford again, Jesse. What's going on? Good morning. Well, hold on, Felder. We just had a. Okay, here's Jesse. Yeah, all right. It's it's the coffee and the pineal gland. It's got you going. Yeah, yeah. Wait till the antihistamines come in. What's what's up, Jesse? Hey,
0: um, I have a question. I have three pecan trees in my front yard. But the pecans never get bigger than, say, a dime or so, and then, and, you know, then they fall and all that. Is there anything I could do to make the pecans actually grow bigger?
1: Uh, well, it, but they fall off before they get ripe, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. This is this in fruit science. They call this June drop. Uh, if a if a fruit, whether it's a pecan or an apple or a pear or whatever, if it doesn't get pollinated quite right uh, it'll start to form but if the seed inside isn't able to mature because it didn't get good pollen or because of, you know or, or anything like that if it's not going to be a good the tree just throws them off it aborts them you know so this is this is usually because of of not very good pollination enough to get them started but not enough to, to make that the seed inside the pecan, the, the nut itself uh, mature so june drop is usually caused by pollination problems in and and, uh and if they're if they're shed if they're not just- ma- if they're staying small when they mature that's just a variety, but it sounds like that the tree's just either under a little stress uh you know uh, stays too wet in the winter or something like that more likely just not getting i bet you planted all the same variety and uh, a pecan tree will pollinate itself but not very well so uh, usually if co- commercial growers alternate rows of different varieties for for better fuller P- pollination. Anyway, not much you can do except fertilize it every uh, three or four years and just see what happens. Seriously.
0: Yes, sir. thank
1: you. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, I was raised in pecan grove uh, and I'm just, I would never recommend a pecan for people's yards because they just have problems. But if you do make them, they're worth it. So anyway, good luck on it, Jesse.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
1: So there, I came across a little negative on that. I love pe- pecans. Have got a pound of shell peca- raw pecan meat, three thousand five hundred calories per pound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's oily. That's
2: oily. And I can say one of the you know best things about a pecan tree is, well, maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> go on, go for it. Come on, Felder. Just they, say it. They, don't think. They oft, They often are looked at as community trees. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I don't care where, especially if it's on the edge of somebody's property, close to the street. Hell yeah. I mean, you can see people with their plastic bags just Four. sacking them up. <laughs> we, we're,
1: they're... they're, they're the proper term, urban foragers.
2: I like, I see. And if you will tell people they are foragers, they would be like, "Don't look at me. I'm not a forager." Or yeah. you know, what Ur- is? Or what is a forager? Yeah, you're going out <laughs> looking for food, picking up food up
1: off the ground, and yeah, they have a bag
2: of pecans <laughs> that they picked up off the street from
1: yeah. uh, on the kitchen table. Yeah, I, I was raised in a small pecan grove up in the delta. My great grandmother was a horticulturist. We lived across the street. When I was ten years old, Java, this is a woman born in the 1880s. Uh, when I was 10 years old, she called me Little Professor because I was always asking. I helped her with her daffodils and, and all that. But uh, we used to pick up pecans, and I was paid a nickel a pound. And I can tell you, 62 to 60, 60 to 65 pecans to a pound, and I would make a nickel. But, uh, you know, you can get in the movie for 10 cents back then. That's a long time ago. Twenty-five cents, okay. You know, I had to pick up five pounds of pecans to go to the Saturday matinee. And uh, I want to talk about rooting roses, but first, let's go down to Mobile and talk with Mikey. Good morning, Mikey. How are you?
0: Hey, good morning. This is just reviving me. My pineal gland is coming alert. (laughs) There you go.
1: Calm down, (laughs) Um, calm down.
0: It was happening anyway, like you said. Yeah, Um, what you got uh, going on? Kind of a little, uh, I'm taking all of your, because you reminded me of some important things about seeds to start. But um, I'm, uh, I'm questioning myself, because I figure you know a lot more about it. That's why I'm questioning you. Hollies are um, uh, near a street. I've kept them uh, pruned back on the street side. Yeah. Uh, and i deliberately let the, the long, tall tops grow. For several feet, because I found that it was kind of interesting, and I've done it only with one piece yeah. um, uh, uh, to bend them over to make arches. Yeah, and that's 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 been it's fun. It's it's kind of just fun to look at. It's also protective against neighbors who might be backing out of their driveway. There you In my yard, um, uh, but uh, I have some more now that are ready. To be bent. And uh, is this a bad time to move? That's the big question. To do that. To do Uh, what? Should I wait until it's warmer to bend them over? And uh, the other question is.
1: Should I trim off any of the side branches? Okay. First of all, you're talking about making an arch out of a, a out of a woody plant. You can do that with trees, with crape myrtles, or roses, whatever. But no, you can do that any time. Go ahead and make your you know make your arch. And and by the way, you can firm the arch up by going to a, like one of the big box stores and get you a long skinny piece of rebar and bending into the arch and put it over there and then just tie the branches to that. And that'll that'll make it firm. And then it's just a matter of cutting off whatever's growing in the direction you don't want. It's uh it's almost like it's like a spalier. If a if a branch is growing down and you don't want it, just cut it just pluck out the ones that are growing that you don't want and leave the ones you do. But uh no, if you're gonna do an arch it's easier uh and and, and sturdier to get you a long piece of skinny rebar and make the arch like that, and just tie the stuff to that.
0: Well, fortunately, these are sturdy enough that they're holding each other up, and okay. they're far enough away from you know the street area. Yeah, no, no they're, problem. They, know, they, they, they're they're j- even, but but I, I may give a tip here. I found that it, the easiest way is to take um, oh a garden stake, you know, a shepherd's crook style stake. And bend it over first, and maybe let it get a little used to that.
1: Yeah, sort and of like, then, a, sort of like, it, sort of like taking a piece of rebar and doing it. Right,
0: right, and and then tie it off <laughs> yeah. with um, oh, the plastic. Oh, the what do they call them? The things that, that they do electrical work with. Yeah,
1: or or or, or just the, the the ties that come with your bread. But anyway, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. And uh, and and the and this is just a matter of just cutting off. What's grabbing your hair if it's not, and you know, th- it's called directional pruning. You know, leave what you want, grow in the direction you want, cut off other stuff. That's all it is. But anyway, great tip there, Mike. appreciate it. Appreciate it so much, Mike. All righty. See ya. <clears throat> I have found if you're going to do an arch, there's a couple of things, uh, especially with climbing roses. Everybody wants a, a rose arch. Uh, and I've seen countless well done rose arches but i've seen a lot that are poorly done and the reason they're done poorly is cuz people think that's all i need to do no you need to make it at least 2 or 3 feet higher than you think is right if you if you think is too high then that's about right. Now, maybe I've
2: missed it, but we're talking about like a, a actual arch, like that goes over a pathway. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we see those, you know, a lot of times people, you know, like in a little arbor, you walk through it and, uh, and then you grow a vine over it. But people always do it like eight or eight feet or so high. And when they grow the plant on it, the plant grows down and it grabs your hair. And okay. Your hat yes. Like yes. this. So a good rose arch is going to be at least I'm going to say 9 or 10 feet tall. And that seems to, when you're doing it, you think, this is ridiculous. Nope, it's just about right because it's going to fill in the two. So always make it bigger. And uh, that really skinny rebar is the easiest, very inexpensive. You can bend it to the shape you want and uh, uh, tie it to stakes, whatever you want to do. But that's a good way to get it started. And um, if you're going to grow something like a a, a a climbing rose or any kind of vine, wisteria, whatever, if it's going to take a long time to grow, go ahead and plant it. And then the first year, plant you something else like gourds or, or a cypress vine or a moonflower. You know, plant some kind of fast growing annual vine to cover it the first year while your permanent vine sort of gets its roots started, starts growing and all. In other words, you know, go ahead and do something with an annual vine to take up the space to create the arch till your other plant gets big enough to do it itself. So... Pretty straightforward. I want to remind folks that uh, Clinton Nature Center has a plant sale, native plant sale on Saturday morning. I'm going to be there rain or shine. Well, it ain't going to be in shine, rain or not, <laughs> I'll say. And also, I'm uh, going to be at Hutto's Garden Center in Jackson, Ellis Avenue in Jackson, on next Saturday, the 17th. This is our annual home fruit seminar. It's always a lot of people there. I cover all the different types of fruits and then the best varieties of of each type because that makes a big difference just planting a fruit tree doesn't mean you're going to get fruit you can plant peaches all the time but if it's a peach that doesn't need much cold weather you live on the coast that's perfect live up north it's going to bloom too early if it's a plant that needs long chilling hours in the winter it never will bloom so you need to choose the right variety for each part of your state now if you're not sure about this Two things. I've got a little free publication I send out. It's an email thing. Uh, if you'll shoot me, if you'll go to FelderRushing.blog, it has a little thing that says email me. I'll send you my little brochure uh, printable uh, on home fruits for Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, whatever. Uh, or you could go to MSUcares.com. That's the Mississippi State uh, University Extension Service website. And in the search box, which comes right up at the top, just type in fruit varieties. And it has the best types of fruit and the best varieties for each part of the state. Each part of the state. It makes a big difference. Now,
2: Felder, we got a a couple calls lining up. I think they're going to hold us to the end of the show. But I just want to remind everyone that this episode's podcast is brought to you by the Varicosity Vein Center. So for more information about our wonderful sponsor, the uh, Varicosity Vein Center.
1: Visit com. We do appreciate that and uh, and we've got I, I don't know if we're going to get time uh, to talk about rooting roses but I had a fantastic time with the Old Garden Rose Society people real gardeners, not stuffy rose people, real gardeners at the Greenwood Cemetery at Jackson. There was maybe 40 people, 35, 40 people there pruning and fertilizing and mulching but uh, I took some cuttings and I rooted them uh, and and I just wanted to show Java. I actually have some. And I don't know if you can see, but they're actually sprouting out already. And I will let you know
2: that Crystal took some cuttings from her grandmother's house. And she's so excited because they started to roots, started sprouting some roots
1: and stuff. And Well, this is the time of year to do it. Yeah. You know, this is the time of year to prune your roses, except for climbers climbing roses are spring bloomers prune your shrub roses but leave the climbers alone until after they finish blooming that's just a real big caveat now let's go to i guess jesse and oxford jesse good morning
0: hey it's me again i had another question for you um it's for the uh cattle panel trellises that you have for your garden yeah and uh, are they I've been told that they're good for squash and cucumbers and also tomatoes. Is that good for those those type of plants and all that for our garden?
1: Well, any you know the vine type plants that went up off the ground. The only reason we we we. Uh, Put trellis and cucumbers as on, uh, on on trellises is because you keep them up off the ground, but you don 't need a cattle panel for those things. You could just use a little short piece of of uh, of dog fencing or something, but the cattle panels uh, are, are are really good for any kind of vine stuff they 're sturdy they 're easy to clean off, and you can move them to a different part of the garden every year so you 're not planting the same stuff in the same place so i wouldn 't make them permanent i 'd make them where you could you know maybe have some posts where you could move it to a different part of the garden every year. Yeah, rather than plant the same stuff over and over and over in the same spot. But I use them.
0: Are they also good for tomatoes?
1: A, 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 a stick is good for anything that'll hold it up off the ground. So, yeah, it's just the thing is put a pencil to it and see how much a, a cattle panel costs versus how much tomatoes would cost. <laughs> So anyway, no, uh they're they're fine. Anything that'll hold these plants up off the ground, a cattle panel is easy, is sturdy, is doable, and you can move it around and uh you, and it'll last for years and years and years. Okay, thank you. Okay, appreciate it. Okay, let's go down to Jackson talk with a Hibbett. how are you this morning?
5: Morning, Silver.
1: Howdy. Uh, uh-
5: I wanted to start some vegetables from seeds, and is it a good time, and any tips uh, any Thoughts you might have
1: for, the, for that? It, it is a good time. Uh, I'm going to wait just a little bit on thing on summer stuff like tomatoes and peppers. And you know, I, I usually grow I, I grow a lot of unusual and heirloom peppers. I don't grow. I'm not very good at tomatoes, but those kind of plants that you set out as transplants, it takes a, a month, a month and five weeks or so to get a good little plant to set out. And we don't want to plant stuff in central Mississippi for summer until at least the first of April. We got to wait till the soil. Warms up. Everybody's saying, "Oh, it feels really good out there." Well, the the rains and the dirt are still cold until about April. So, you know, if you wait, you know, start in the middle of February, latter part of February, and to start them, then they'll be right just in time to set them out in April. One thing I will mention here, but a lot of people start uh, seeds indoors in, in little trays and packs and stuff like that. If you're going to do that, sow them and then cover the, the, the containers up with like some plastic food wrap to keep the humidity and warmth in. And just as soon as these seeds sprout, get rid of the the, the the plastic. And every single day, it's going to be above 50. Put them out in the real sunshine. Real sunshine, Slightly cool temperatures, wind, the humidity. These will make the plants sturdy and stocky. But if you keep them indoors, they get long and leggy and floppy. floppy. So get them started, a little plastic food wrap, and then as soon as they sprout, put them out in real sunshine and only bring them in if it's going to get cold.
4: Great advice. Thanks, builder.
1: Okay, appreciate it, But Thanks for calling. Okay, uh, Abram. Welcome. Thanks J- so much. Java had to scoot to, for, you know, he's a he's a big boss now.
2: Yeah, yeah. We have the, uh, we're doing live radio right now is what it is. From, from down at the trademark, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's going down to the uh, the rodeo. Okay.
1: Yeah. Jo- Java at the rodeo. Java Yeehaw! at the rodeo. He <laughs> well, wasn't quite dressed for the rodeo, if you notice. Yeah, but Java, you know, Java has that R about him. You know, he's Java. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's all right. Uh, I got a choice of two, between two two calls. I'm not sure which. I don't know where they go with the blue or the orange.
2: I believe it's the orange on your screen. Jean yeah. in Poplarville. Okay,
1: go down to Poplarville. Hey, Jean, good morning.
3: Hi, I'm glad to
5: talk to you. Thank you. I uh, love the show. Um, I moved from the Gulf Coast to Poplarville and um, I picked the property because of two lovely rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, right before the three they started losing their leaves. And I noticed that, well, that's a little early, but I didn't think anything of it. The other oak trees along the road are not losing theirs.
1: Yeah. And
5: um, so now they're, it's almost all the way to the top. There's only two leaves left at the top. And I've asked the county extension office and so forth, and there's not, I have a to put line and a polarizer and I did that, and it's not any better. Of course, it can't be, I guess, because of the season. But yeah. what do you suggest, and what's
1: happening? Well, first of all, I, I helped teach the tree care course, arboriculture course at Mississippi State f- over 40 years ago, and I've been working with trees ever since. And I know for sure that there ain't squat you can do right now. There's nothing you can do. Anybody tells you different, okay. it just, they're just giving you something to keep you busy. A little fertilizer helps. Not necessarily this time of year. A uh, little lime if your soil is acid. But, you know, live oats grow fine on the coast without. They're native to the coast. They don't, they don't care. Mm-hmm. So all, all you can – and there's a lot. We've lost pine trees, thousands of pine trees, and even magnolia trees. Uh, and I lost uh, a dain of Yopon holly, which are unkillable plants because of the p- past year and a half of bad weather. Uh, and, and, and some of mine are just dead. The only thing I can do is wait and see if they sprout back out in the spring, and if they do, cool. And if they don't, well, that's a different story. There's nothing we can do seriously to help these trees sit, wait and see. And the chances are good – they're going to be fine. Uh, live oaks drop their last year's leaves just like any other tree, but usually it's usually hidden because it got new leaves on the ends of the yeah. branches. And it could just be that it was weakened last year and the new leaves aren't very strong. So let's see how it does this spring. I, I'm, I'm not so trying to if, – if
5: What's that? If, if, it, if they come
1: out again this
5: spring – prune them is that what you saying?
1: No 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 I'm ju- I'm just saying just wait and see you know I mean you you can prune oh, a, a you can prune a tree or shrub any time you want to but let's just wait and see in other words, I'm I'm not trying to just put you off or, or say I don't know I'm saying I do know there's nothing you can do let's just wait and see and if they leaf out Everything's fine. If they don't, then you have to decide whether you want to cut out dead stuff or leave it for the for the squirrels to live in and stuff like that. But there, there's nothing you can do right now, and you're not alone in this. I'm. I bet they'll sprout back out just fine. But it'll be uh, middle of April, first of May. Look at them from across the street uh, in at, at, sometime in May, and if they don't have new growth at the top of them by then, you got a problem. I bet they sprout out.
5: Okay. Thank
1: you so much. Okay, good luck on it. Uh, what well, do we have? Michael in Waveland? Hi, how you doing? I'm doing fine. What's going on?
4: Well, I have uh, Bradford pear trees that I lined the driveway about eight years ago. One of them started to die off, and on the other, I'm starting to see little green nubs uh, developing, fuzzy nubs. And I was wondering if that was some kind of fungus or whatever, and is there any way I could phrase the tree
1: with something. Well, first of all, let's let's see what the nubs could be. Uh, if this kind of a gray frilly looking stuff, kind of ferny frilly gray, scaly yeah. looking stuff, those are called yeah. lichens. L i c h e e n s. Lichens grow on on trees and shrubs and uh, and older plants that are slow growing, or weak, or in decline. They also grow on rocks and tombstones and iron bridge railings and even on a bottle on my glass bottle tree so the lichens are not causing a problem there's no need to spray for those they're the symptom that that tree is is, is struggling and a healthy tree will have them but it'll shed them before rather than they get real real crusty so lichens is not a problem they're a symptom so uh keep in mind that li- anytime you plant a long row of anything whether it's bradford pears or azaleas or anything uh some are going to do better than others some are going to do really really poorly And that's just, that's what happens when you plant trees and shrubs in a row. Some are going to do better than others. It's a design problem. So, not much you can do about that. All you can do really to help these trees, uh, unless you want to prune them, you can prune them back and they'll sprout out really good, but they're not going to be uniform. They're going to be all, you know, some are going to be different shape. If you cut them back, they will, it'll stimulate some strong new growth and they'll come out really fine. You can do that no problem. Other than that, about all you can do is give them a little bit of fertilizer in the spring. Fertilize the grass under them every two or three or four years. That's more than enough for the trees, too. And uh, just hope that, that they don't have real bad root issues. But it's not unusual to have one or two plants in a row do poorly or better than the others. And uh, so not much you can do but well, fertilize I, in the spring.
4: Yeah, I have them planted about uh, 10 feet apart. Yeah. Because they grow up like uh, like uh, like a teardrop or something.
5: Right,
1: right. Yeah. Well, so but but
4: I gave them enough room, I thought.
1: Yeah, well, you know, but you know, you're talking about above the ground; they can still have root problems. But but again, keep in mind, we've had some really bad weather that has killed even some native trees, and so it's not unusual to it, it would be unexpected to have uh, uh, non-native trees like uh, the the Bradford pe- type pears and things like that doing poorly too. Not much we can do except a little bit of fertilizer in the spring, late March or April. A good soaking every. month month or so during the summer if we go without rain. Other than that, there's not much we can do. But there's no need to spray for those lichens is what I'm saying. They're the symptom that the trees need a little invigorating with maybe fertilizer and water. That's all we can do. And uh, if they do, if it does go ahead and die, uh, think about slowly replacing them with a a, a sturdier tree. You don't have to have identical trees in a long row. That's That's a design thing. It's not it's not set in stone. You can have different plants in an alley. What you ha- what you have is called an alley, a long uh, row or double row of, of trees. So anyway, you can also prune them, and they'll stimulate some new growth. But it's just not going to be, and it can be symmetrical anymore. But no, no need to pray for the lichens. Is what I'm saying. They're telling you the tree's struggling.
4: Permission. I'm glad I was able to get through today.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well. Good luck. And uh, and by the way, I I think lichens are kind of pretty. But you know, I even had them growing on a glass bottle on one of my bottle trees. That'll tell you how dear. But when we see them on a on a plant, and they're really thick and crusty, they're saying the plant's weak. It's not growing very well. A little fertilizer in the spring. Let's see what happens
4: you recommend uh, another tree type that, would, uh, that I can replace
1: it with? Yeah, there, there's a lot of good choices. I mean, you could go with with, with cypress trees. You could go with native Yopon hollies. You could go with uh, with Grancy graybeard. There's a lot of really good choices. A lot of good choices. But uh, if you want to shoot me an email, go to blog. Click on email me and, and we can get more detail then. So anyway, appreciate your call. We got a scoop. I got taters to plant. I got some seeds that are sprouting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need to work up some dirt before the rain. And uh, I got, I gotta just, I just gotta get out. My pineal gland is making me go crazy. I got spring fever. I gotta do something. Uh, rooting roses. I got that done. Planting taters. Gonna do that this weekend. Um, set out some. Some. Nah, that's enough. I'm going to go out and just relax, have me another cup of coffee. I'm going to calm down, and I'm going to do what I do best, and that's do my best to show show other people how to get dirty. Get dirty. See you all next week.
0: This is an MPB
1: Think Radio podcast. To
0: hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.